It's 2024, and electrification is in the news. So I thought I'd have a little conversation with someone who knows a lot about this subject. It turns out there's a lot I didn't know. I think you'll be interested to hear what she has to say. Welcome to Linksploration Bay Area. Climate change. We look at it up, down, and sideways. We follow the links between climate change and so many other issues, and all of it with a local twist. Hi, this is Jean Rosenmeyer, and this is Linksploration Bay Area. I'm here with Brenna Shafisadeh. Did I get that right, Brenna? Close. Very close. Brenna Shafizadeh. Brenna Shafizadeh. You want to introduce yourself, Brenna? Sure. I'm Brenna Shafizadeh, and I volunteer with Climate Reality. I've been volunteering with them since 2020, and that's where I got interested in working with other environmental groups as well. I volunteer with Switches On, and I also volunteer with 350 Contra Costa, and the Environmental Task Force for the City of Lafayette. Okay. Can you tell us a little about what's driving the current move toward electrification of basically everything? Yeah, of everything. Well, it started because there was a concern over using fossil fuels as being highly pollutive, bad for your health. And for us in the Bay Area, PG&E also had the additional challenges of having outdated equipment. And they need to update all of their equipment, but they've decided to focus on the electric equipment because it is, well, it's cheaper to focus on one. And because there's these other areas that are pointing towards electrification as well. So the state has been solidifying building codes that make it tougher to put in fossil fuels in new buildings. And it looks like they're going to continue to get tougher and tougher on that, and even to start looking at existing buildings. The Bay Area Air Quality Management District is also put in regulations around not being able to purchase gas water heaters in the future and gas HVAC systems. So if you do have a gas system in the future, you may have a hard time replacing it when it goes out. And with those things in mind, There are all of these different local jurisdictions, cities and counties that have put in electrification ordinances. And then we have money from the IRA. So now there's a lot of money that's become available for homeowners to start making this process a little bit easier. How big of a setback is the the recent news that Berkeley's not going to be allowed to have an ordinance? That new housing can't have gas, can't have gas hookups? Yeah, so it's a big setback in that if you were looking at all of the different jurisdictions, 76 jurisdictions in California, and it's not just California, it's happened in other states as well, that had passed local electrification ordinances in, in different types. That number, if you were watching that number, it was going up every month. And as soon as the Berkeley ruling came out uh, late last spring, that number has, has stopped. And that's because many jurisdictions 
were in the process and just about to pass a new electrification ordinance, and they put it on hold to see what happened with Berkeley. So now the options are that Berkeley either goes and appeals again, and the next process will be very lengthy, or that they just wait. And since there is movement from so many other areas, I'm not sure what they're going to decide. They may decide that why not just wait it out? It's happening anyways. It is a setback. It does sort of slow things down, but it doesn't stop it. It's still happening. There's still too many other areas of momentum where this is happening. So what's happening locally here in the Diablo Valley? The majority of jurisdictions that passed electrification ordinances were in the Bay Area Air Quality Management District. So that's in the Bay Area. We do have other areas in in Southern California and also Northern California, but it's very big in the Bay Area. When we did the library presentation, I was surprised at how many people showed up just because I thought we keep talking about the same thing. But I think, you know, there's all of the climate groups have been talking about it, but I think it's kind of trickling down to homeowners and renters. And, you know, so for them, it's still an area to explore. Is this linked to other kinds of electric? I mean, we've been talking about building electrification, but there's a whole whole range of electrification, right? That cars and buildings and... And lawn equipment. Lawn equipment, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's right. It's linked to electrification efforts of, of everything. The issues are always the same. Whatever fossil fuel product you're using is not just a climate risk, but it always has greater health concerns. And because of where PG&E is going the cost of gas is going up at a much faster pace than electricity. And that's planned. And they've had that on the books for a number of years. So wait a minute, I got to, I got to, I got to emphasize this. So PG&E is deliberately raising gas rates faster than electric because they want us to go for electrification. They are incentivizing electrification in a number of ways because they see electrification as the future. And they're focusing on fixing up their electrification equipment and not focusing on updating the gas equipment. Think about how dangerous that is. Gas is going up at a higher rate. And part of that is because when you use gas, we all share the delivery system, the cost of the delivery. So, for example, when we electrified our home and we stopped using gas, we were still paying a delivery fee until we had them come out and shut it off. And now we have no costs associated with it anymore. So... As people shut off their gas delivery to their homes, those costs are then picked up by people who are still using it, which means that as the pool of gas users gets smaller and smaller, their costs increase because it's no longer spread out amongst as many people. It's kind of like the problem of people having solar panels and they want to charge a flat fee for everybody to just be connected to the grid. Right. So with that in mind, PG&E also has a number of other programs. So once you electrify and you let them know, they have rates that allow you to stay on your tier one or lower cost rate for a longer period of time to make it so that it's more affordable. Wait a minute. Run that one by me again. If your house is all electric, you get a rate break. 
You do, although it, it doesn't necessarily have to be all electric. They have a plan for people who have an EV, for example, because you're going to be using more electricity to charge your car. Mm -hmm. So if you just have an EV, there's a plan for that. But yeah, if you have your appliances electrified as well, there's another plan. And so it makes the cost of going all electric easier. I got a personal stake in this because my daughter is, she's remodeling her home and going all electric. Yeah. It's important to know about that because we found out through our advisor about that plan. And otherwise, I wouldn't have known that I needed to call them and request it. Okay, listeners, <laughs> all my all electric listeners, give them a jingle and get on the special plan. Okay, so we're thinking about electrifying. Where can we go to find out what's available, resources, who's good to do it? What should we look out for? I, th I know that's like eight questions in one, but... There's three places that I would recommend starting. I would recommend bayren.org because... Could you spell that? Bayren? B-A-Y-R-E-N.org. Okay. That's where we went. So when we had an advisor who helped us, I think that Bayren is still a really good source for information, although I think that over time have expanded more on helping cities and counties with electrification. But they still have great resources. Switches on, which is S W I T C H I S O N dot org. Oh, switch is on. Okay. Switch is on. You can go there, you punch in your zip code, and they'll give you a list of either contractors who have been trained in heat pump technology or induction cooktops. You can also punch in your zip code and get a list of all of the different incentives and rebates that are available in your area. So wow. some of these rebates are from the state. And then, of course, there's lots of money available through the IRA. They also have loaning programs. So PG&E has a loaner program for borrowing induction cooktop to try it out. Lafayette wow. has a, a, a program where you can also try out an induction cooktop or an electric leaf blower. So they'll let you know all of these different things that are available in your area. And, and some of the incentives can be stacked for additional savings. It's really helpful. And then the, the last one I would mention is Quit Carbon. Quit Carbon, you send them your contact and they will have an advisor that's assigned to you. So if you really want a hands-on advisor to kind of walk you through everything, and all of these programs are free. They're, you know, mostly volunteers who want to help. Wow. Those are serious resources. Tell me about what Lafayette is doing since you're on the Environmental Task Force, and I understand they've got some ordinances in the pipeline taking effect. Yeah. <laughs> so Lafayette, they were working on an electrification ordinance. We were at the last, <laughs> I mean, we had it, it was written, we, we sent it on to our city lawyer. And with the Berkeley ruling, ours has been put on hold like a number of other cities as well. So we have that ready to go. I don't know what the next step is on that. We have to wait and see what our lawyer advises. However, we have put in an ordinance to increase the number of charge chargers that we have available. You know, this like is a special car chargers, car chargers, right? Right. So we are, and I'm not sure where they're going to put those. We're trying to find places that are very convenient and also available to 
maybe people who live in multifamily housing mm-hmm. and don't have a charger on the property. Where can we make one that's convenient for them? So those are things that we're still looking at, but we have it on the books that it's and, and the funding for it. So that's moving forward. And we have one that is passed. It passed this last fall and it will go into effect in July, stating that you can no longer use a gas leaf blower in the city. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I go out to play with my dog at my parents' house, the neighbors have their gas leaf blower going and it's so annoying. That <laughs> issue alone, the city got so many complaints. I bet they I did. mean, just, you know, and so that was why that became one of the top priorities because we had so much local support for it. Is there anything else we need to, you think it would be important for our listeners to hear? Yeah. One other resource I would mention is Redwood Energy. They have what's called the Watt Diet Calculator that's available. So another concern that people often have, because there are these different challenges, is whether they are going to have to upgrade their electric panel. And they can get all of these incentives for switching to a heat pump or an induction cooktop. But then if they have to upgrade their electric panel, that can be really expensive. But there are so many really interesting solutions that are coming out to address that. And it's possible to electrify your entire home, even if you're on a hundred panel electric panel. And so if you punch in on a hundred panel, hundred, hundred amp, uh, hundred amp. Okay. Got it. So if you go to the watt diet calculator and you enter the square footage of your house, how big is it? What is your current setup? They'll give you a list of the solutions that are out there that make it possible for you to electrify without having to upgrade your electric panel. And there may be other reasons why people want to upgrade their electric panel. But if it's just because you want to electrify your home, you don't have to. I mean, it's possible. And some of the solutions are pretty exciting. Just taking it up a step. I know people are talking about the grid can't handle it on a very large scale. I presume someone other than us is going to work on that solution. But can our local grid handle it if people all go electric? If everybody went electric today, the grid can't handle it. But it is a transition. And it's a transition that PG&E is a part of. And what we're hearing is that even though this transition is happening really fast, they're ahead of the game. And so it's not at anywhere of a realistic concern. They are doing the work at a much faster pace than our population is, which is also going pretty fast. So I would recommend go ahead and electrify. So when you're talking about PG&E, you're talking about the physical infrastructure. You're not talking about them trying to cut out marine clean energy, our local. Right. I'm talking about the physical infrastructure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we could still subscribe to marine clean energy and get solar or whatever. Yeah. In our area, it's MCE. Well, thank you. It's been very illuminating. I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. I understand there's a longer talk that you gave to the library, and that would be a great resource for our listeners if they want to learn a little more. Sure. I'll post that link on our website, along with links to um, Switches On, Quit Carbon, Redwood Energy, and what was the other one? Bayren, right. And, of course, the Climate Reality Project. 
Is there a Contra Costa group in the Climate Reality Project? Yeah, so we have a Bay Area chapter, and then there are a number of mini chapters. And so we have a Contra Costa chapter that focuses on local policy. When do they meet? We meet on the first and third Thursdays of the month at 7 p.m. via Zoom. Ah, okay. Is there a a link you could send for that so that if our listeners or like me want to go to these? Yeah. We would love to have them available. Thanks. Appreciate it. That brings us to the end. Thanks for coming, Brenna. And it's going to be a great podcast. Thank you. It's been informative as always, and I look forward to our next episode in three weeks. Thanks for joining us. Linksploration Bay Area is an independent podcast. Find, subscribe, and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Our website is linksploration.com, where you can listen to our archives, and there's also show notes, photos, and links to our guests. If you have feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at linksploration at gmail.com, and that's spelled L-I-N-K-S-P-L-O-R-A-T-I-O-N. Look for us on social media, also on Patreon. We are not in this to make money, but we do welcome donations to help with the cost of keeping the podcast on the air. We're Jean and Christy signing off until next time. Thanks for listening.